Welcome to Disrupting Obesity. I'm Charlotte Skeins, and I'll be sharing ways to regain control over your body and lose an extreme amount of weight naturally. Being fat is about so much more than just the food. It's about your relationship with food. That means that dealing with your weight is about more than just the food too. You have to change that relationship. You have to start disrupting obesity. Closet eating is a thing. It's both a very real thing and it's an equally real but completely intangible abstract thing at the same time. It's real in the sense that there are people who eat in their actual closets or some kind of an equivalent, and it's intangible in the sense that you build closets for yourself in your mind too. Closet eating becomes a mindset. From an abstract perspective, we're probably all closet eaters about something. But it's very real if you're hiding in the bathroom so no one can hear the crinkle or see what you're doing. It's also a problem. A lot of people with overeating issues are closet eaters the same way some alcoholics are closet drinkers. They can't bear to have people see them eating, especially eating, you know, bad foods or weird combinations of food like dipping pickles and mayonnaise. And I knew someone who would get into their actual closet, not a walk-in, just a bungalow regular closet and eat pressed in with their sweaters and purses and dresses. When your closet is super concrete like that and it's a physical place you go to hide and eat, there don't have to be people you're hiding from though. Sometimes it just feels safer to eat in the bathroom or on your bedroom floor or in your car or wherever you go to eat on your own. The person I knew who sometimes ate in their closet lived alone, but getting in there was still comforting. It was an old pattern, an old habit. It was a comfort and cope thing. You have physical closets you eat in, places you go to hide your eating, and you have abstract closets in your mind, built by your mindset. These are facets of your relationship with food that you've walled off. The bricks are shame and the mortar is guilt, both of which are at the root of most forms of closet eating. I did the majority of my most dangerous eating, if you want to call it that, when I was alone. I had certain people I like to eat a lot with which is funny because I also had like a decades-long stretch where there were only a handful of people I would ever let see me eat. I had a thing about people outside of my immediate circle seeing me eat when I was obese. It took years for me to fully get over that one. And there's still a shadow of it in my life even now. Like I'm not always comfortable eating what I want around people or I'll think about my choices differently depending on whether or not I know the people that I'm eating with. When I was fat, I felt so self-conscious and so judged that I just couldn't do it almost all of the time. I couldn't eat in front of people and not just strangers or new people. We're talking about people I'd known for years. Even though I had a few people I loved to eat with, most of the time I like to eat by myself. And that includes binging, unnecessary overeating, or saying to myself, I'm only going to eat six cookies and then going back for three more and three more and three more until the whole bag's gone. It's the eating I did where I wasn't even tasting the food. I was just eating it, eating for the sake of eating. It's the eating I did when I was so focused on the taste that I couldn't stop eating it. And I did a fair bit of both of those things. Without outside accountability, a lot of us do our most dangerous eating when we're alone. It can feel the safest and the most comfortable. When you're alone, the constraints are gone. You don't have to worry that everyone thinks your portions are too big or that you shouldn't have chosen that. When you're eating alone, the only one judging you is you. And the desire to eat 
can be way louder than a lot of other things you might feel like doing. When you're alone, the distractions are gone. You have to face whatever realities the day or just your life in general has thrown at you. Without the outside accountability coming from others to help hold you in check, this can be the time when you eat your feelings. This is when comfort, reward, and cope can really kick in. Comfort, reward, and cope is my shorthand for the underlying feelings behind unnecessary overeating, and episode five really goes into that one. When you're eating food you don't physically need, but you emotionally need, you're likely doing it to comfort yourself, reward yourself, or cope with something. And coping isn't always about negative emotions. There's a real tendency to discount the eating we do to deal with positive feelings too, right? Like, I'm a happy eater. I love to eat to celebrate. It might even be my favorite way to celebrate. I would rather go to a buffet than go buy myself a new outfit. When the way you usually cope with your feelings, good or bad, when the way you cope is to eat and you eat the foods that you find the most comforting when you're alone, it makes sense that you just naturally, probably even subconsciously if it's a deeply ingrained habit, you're naturally going to wait until you're alone to start processing those emotions. You eat away your feelings. I found the silence when I was alone was the worst, even with my iPod in or the TV on, and I like silence. But this was a mental silence when the pressures of the day have ended. There's no one or anything left pulling at you. It's just, it's too much. Sometimes it was the silence that drove me to eat. Because once the day is done and that mental silence sets in, it's just you and the reality of whatever you're trying to deal with or trying not to deal with. And this is when you start reaching for comfort in the form of food. When you start rewarding yourself for whatever went right that day or rewarding yourself for just surviving it. When you start eating to cope with whatever's being thrown at you. Unnecessary overeating when you're alone is a massive problem for a lot of us. Everybody's motives are different. We all use food differently to comfort, reward, and cope. But no matter what the underlying driver is, you can be your own worst enemy a good chunk of the time. I know a lot of people, and I was occasionally one of them, who pre-eat at home or in their cars before family events or work functions or whatever, usually because they're worried about being judged for how much they eat when they get there or for what they choose to eat, or they're worried that there won't be enough food, or they're pre-eating to cope with the anxiety of what's coming when they get there. It could be the people, could be the situation, but it's something. Pre-eating, that eating before you go, even when you know you're going to eat when you get there, is a big thing. I'm not saying it's always a bad thing, but if you're doing it, you need to be thinking about it too. Asking yourself what you're doing and why you're doing it. Raising your awareness as much as you can. Pre-eating can be good, bad, or indifferent depending on the situation and the emotions going on behind the scenes. Now, this might seem like a bit of an aside, but pre-eating is a form of closet eating because of the motivations behind it, right? We're back to the hiding and the guilt and the shame again. Eating alone isn't a bad thing. It's the reasons behind why you're choosing to do it that can be a problem. And it might not be a choice at all. When you live alone or spend most of your time alone, it's just a day-to-day -day reality. It's situational for you. But if it's a matter of self-control, like you feel like you just can't stop yourself when you're doing that eating on your own, then you need to do some 3 a way mindset work. Awareness, acknowledgement, accountability. Episode 12 breaks that one down for you. You need to make yourself aware of your closet eating, the real closets and the ones you've built in your mind when you go to eat on your own. Once you know when and where you're doing it, you've got to acknowledge it. I'm sitting on the floor between the bed and the wall, munching on dried mangoes. I'm closet eating. I'm stuffing a sub in my mouth while I'm driving to the dinner party. I'm closet pre-eating. 
It's acknowledgement. Then you need a plan. That's accountability. Something that'll help with all three A's is tracking those calories. You need to make yourself aware of what your closet eating actually looks like, not just the where and the when. What are you eating? How much of it? And what is your closet eating costing you in calories? You can't help but acknowledge what you're doing if you've got a number. And the biggest accountability bonus is that if you're tracking your calories, you won't need to hide in a closet, car, bathroom, wherever, and eat. You can start to break the spiral you're in and start to make some real changes to your relationship with food, those underlying emotions. If you're tracking what you're eating, you're also in control of your day. So you can have the pizza, cupcake, bagel, pickles and mayonnaise, whatever you want to. You don't have to attach a feeling to the food because you're not attaching the feelings to it that come with the place you normally eat it. Say you're eating chocolate bars in the closet. Why don't you want to get caught eating them? What are you hiding from? What's the emotional benefit you get from eating in a non-traditional eating space? If you don't want to keep perpetuating the shame or feelings of failure or guilt or whatever it is that's driving you into the closet in the first place, don't eat in the closet. Switch your location and track it. Let yourself have a little bit less in the living room. Be accountable for the chocolate and let the feelings go. It isn't the chocolate that gets you into trouble. It's all the feelings you're trying to resolve by eating it and all the feelings that eating it causes that are the problem. Yeah. The calories in the chocolate are an obvious issue, but blaming the chocolate is like blaming the people who enable your unnecessary overeating. Who are you really mad at, yourself or the chocolate? Because it isn't the chocolate that gets you into trouble. It's the feelings you're trying to resolve with it and the feelings that eating it causes that are the problem. The feelings you make yourself feel based on your choices are the issue. You have to become aware of when you don't have the self-control you need so you can do something about it. You need to acknowledge what you're doing. You're unnecessarily overeating. Call yourself out on it. Accountability comes when you put a strategy in place to deal with it. When you're accountable for what you're eating, you can eat anything without feeling bad about it. And eating on your own can be particularly challenging, right? Because there are no checks and balances other than the ones you enforce yourself. There is zero outside accountability. The only judgment you have to deal with is your own. You're the only person you're answering to. But there's still nothing inherently wrong with eating alone. The problem is when you eat your feelings instead of dealing with them. When you're hiding while you're eating, there's something else going on. People with healthy relationships with food don't hide while they eat. Whether it's pre-eating in the car before work lunches to push down the anxiety of judgment or unnecessary overeating at night while everybody's sleeping, it's the reasons behind eating alone that are problematic. Now, if it's situational, like because you live by yourself, that part of it's not a big deal. But if you're seeking solitude out so that you can do some comfort, reward, and co-eating, you need to hit pause and look at finding better ways to deal with it. This is where you lay out a strategy the accountability part. Okay, so tonight after the kids go to bed, I'll probably feel bored and tired and I'll want to eat chips and then some of that leftover cake. Well, if I know that every night when the kids go to bed, I start mindlessly munching, I can have a plan. I'm aware of it. You can't change what you can't see. And while you might know that you pretty much always raid the fridge about an hour after the little monkeys go to bed, if you've never sat down and thought about it, acknowledge that mindless munching at night is something you do, how are you going to change it? How will you become accountable for it? 
Use the 3A way to look at the reasons behind your problematic solo eating. Think about what you're doing and ask yourself why you're doing it. Work on changing the patterns that aren't working for you and set new boundaries for yourself when it's just you and yourself. What foods do you not let anyone see you eat? What food behaviors do you keep to yourself? I like to peel my wieners and I have really specific ways I eat cereal. And you can bet they're not the only weird food rituals I have. And you can also bet that I don't let other people see me doing them. Do you have weird food rituals like that? Do you have a particular place or places where you do them? Become aware of where you're doing your closet eating. Ask yourself what you're eating in secret and where you eat it. Time and again, you'll find that becoming aware of the pattern, seeing the correlation between the place where you're eating the same food you have an underlying emotional relationship with, that'll be enough to help you break the cycle. Being mindful of the choices you make in particular places will change the choices you make there. Strategically, dealing with your closet is the same as dealing with what you eat. It's all about small incremental changes. Maybe you can't stop eating in the closet, but if you start eating something different or changing another aspect of the habits you have around it, you can take away some of the power it has over you. So you keep eating in the closet, but it can't be pickles and mayonnaise anymore. You can eat in the car, but only if it's something you brought from home, only if it's something from a non-fast food place, wherever you have to start. The simplest way to deal with closet eating is to track. If you're eating within your daily calorie allotment, it doesn't matter what you're eating. You're being fully accountable for it, so enjoy. No closet needed. There's nothing here to feel guilty or shameful or anything other than good about yourself about. If you're putting the work in with your tracking, you don't need to hide. You can meet this type of abstract closet eating head on. The guilt and the shame just aren't there. When you're accountable for what you're eating, you can eat anything without feeling bad about it. The food isn't the problem. All those feelings you're chasing away with it and all the feelings eating it causes are the problem. It's important to ask yourself why you're hiding while you eat. What are you hiding from? The food in the closet isn't the problem. It's the fact that you're hiding that's problematic. Make yourself accountable for the closet food and eat it somewhere else. Because I'm way less worried about the food than I am about the closet itself. The hiding is the problem here. The feelings it's triggering, they're the problem. Keep trying, keep tracking, don't be intimidated and don't give up. You've totally got this. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Obesity. If you know it's time to take back control, lose the weight and keep it off, reach out to me privately with a direct message on Instagram that says ready so you can start disrupting obesity. 